0: Happy Black Friday, Ray for Guzman. Oh,
1: happy Black Friday to you.
0: How, have you been enjoying your shopping? I know that you uh, pitched a tent outside uh, Walmart at three in the morning, uh-huh. and, and I, then when they opened the doors at four, you you stampeded everybody. Yeah,
1: I trampled some people. Yeah, mm-hmm. what did you get? I got a I got a Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, no. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> a big mouth Billy Bass. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what else I got. I'm making all this up, of course. I'm not a big (laughs) Black Friday guy. I was amazed when that whole Black Friday thing happened. I just kind of thought, that's that's what the internet is for, guys.
0: I feel like that happens every year. Black Friday, every year, we hear these catastrophe stories. I know. Why would you be sleeping out? I don't know. I don't understand I don't that don't at know. All.
1: Uh, they're all. And all the online retailers have all these Black Friday type promotions now, right? Aren't they all doing, you know, online, you know, Friday only, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, use your interwebs. Yeah, sit at, sit at home and re- refresh, refresh, refresh.
0: Sit at home, refresh, listen to us.
1: And listen to us. <laughs> listen to us tell you what to see and what not to see.
0: Yes, because that's what we're here for. Because exactly. We, because we want to help. That's what we do here.
1: Are we gonna do we have do we have anything to recommend or are they going to all be turkeys?
0: Oh Rafa, you didn't. Oh God. you did. You did. The
1: tiredest of jokes.
0: Oh, awful. You know. Well, we, we might have some good things on the menu. We'll see.
1: What do we have coming up?
0: All right. So this week the big movies are Penguins of Madagascar from the Madagascar franchise. We have horrible bosses. Two mm-hmm. because apparently one wasn't enough. Nope. And then the imitation game the biopic that a lot of folks think might be an oscar front runner this year starring
1: benedict cumberbatch well we'll decide that <laughs> but before before we do let's introduce ourselves i'm Rafer guzman movie critic for newsday
0: and i'm kristen meinzer culture producer for the takeaway and this is movie date
1: Kristen, just because I think it'll be fun, why don't you tell us about Penguins of Madagascar?
0: Before we do that, I just have to ask, did you see that video that was going viral from I Fucking Love Science all over the internet of the, seal, uh, the seals? the raping, the,
1: raping the penguins? Yeah. Yes.
0: You know, I'm sorry, but I saw that video and then I went into this movie. <laughs> 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 and there are some seal encounters with penguins in this movie. It's mostly these penguins, Rico, and whatever their names are. Yeah, Rico,
1: Kowalski, Skipper, yeah. and Private.
0: Yes, that's right. We, we find out how they became friends, and then we follow them through life as they end up on this adventure where penguins around the world are being kidnapped, and um, they have to solve that mystery and possibly team up with another adversarial sort of rescue unit, a top-secret rescue unit. Here's a clip.
1: The old ship. No one's ever returned from there alive. Relax, Kowalski. There's a bird down there now. Look, he's fine. Oh. Oh. Leopard seals. Nature's snakes. Aren't snakes nature's snakes? How should I know? I live on the flippin' frozen tundra.
0: So that is the clip of a penguin and a leopard seal, uh, showdown. Ah,
1: uh, yes. Let's, and, and, okay. and,
0: and so I, I, I'm watching these scenes with the leopard seals and the penguins early on in the movie and I'm thinking about this penguin you kept seal rape it, video. It, it, it was
1: going to turn into The Accused at any moment. <laughs> Take a dark turn.
0: There are some dark moments in this movie. Like, I mean, Werner Herzog is narrating the beginning. That's true. It.
1: <laughs> that's true. It is, it is funny. It is funny to hear Werner Herzog play cute Yes. That's kind of that is kind of intriguing and it's and it's cool they got him to do that.
0: Yeah. It opens with some cuteness with that. It it looks like he's filming the equivalent of the march of the penguins right. and uh and and so there are moments where I thought in the beginning, "Oh, this could be promising." But very quickly I found it to not be promising in the slightest.
1: Yes. Well, what what is it that you did not like about this movie? <laughs> Can you narrow it down?
0: I felt the characters were not developed. Yeah. And I felt that there was no heart in the movie. And because of that, it made it really hard for me to even follow the story. I'd kind of zone out, and it's so frenetic. I I just couldn't really
1: get into it. For people who don't know, this is a spinoff of the Madagascar franchise, the DreamWorks Animations Madagascar franchise. The Penguins were in the first movie, and um, they are kind uh, of—they're like a— they're like a Marx Brothers task force. They're like they're like a combination of the Marx Brothers and the little green army guys from Toy Story. Remember mm-hmm. those guys? So it's a they're kind of you know they and they're also a little bit like Inspector Clouseau. Things keep going wrong. They're bumblers, but things also always wind up going right for them, either because of or despite their own incompetence. Um, and so in this movie. Right, like you say, they're 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 teaming up with slash fighting another task force called the North Wind. That's a a, a wolf, a seal, an polar owl, bear, polar bear. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, who we'll also talk about later, plays the uh, voice of the wolf in this movie. And I think the problem to me with this movie is the penguins. That world they live in doesn't make any sense to me. They are they are a a paramilitary task force who seem to have all these actually really adroit clever amazing acrobatic moves and you know deadly accuracy and uh, incredible teamwork and yet they also bungle stuff over and over, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then when the North Wind, who are supposed to be the more professional um, task force, of course, anyone who's British is obviously the most professional uh, guy, right? Um, And so when they come in, they're like well-funded and high-tech and smooth, but they actually have things like giant, giant Pentagon-style jets and jet packs and weaponry and lasers. And at one point, the wolf is complaining to one of the penguins, and he says, you... You blew up our nineteen million dollar plane, and there are little things like that where i where I kept thinking like it 's a nineteen million dollar plane you <laughs> You you had nineteen. Where did you get nineteen million dollars? And which which aerospace manufacturer did you choose to make that plane? It doesn't. This weird <laughs> this weird combination of like real world Pentagon How are you contractors. This so but you know what labor. I'm saying? It's like what? You can't take the but what's this world? world? What's this world where you have a nineteen million dollar plane and yet you are a wolf? Do you know what I'm saying? I don't quite get it. But I think here's the thing kids love these things they love the penguins they've got their own freaking series on Nickelodeon mm-hmm. they love these penguins I took my kids to see it here's the thing they sat they sat in the in the film they never laughed that much but when we got out I said how'd you like it and they said it was super awesome
0: wow and I
1: just thought well that's because you're a kid that's because you're seven years old you don't know it's just it just it entertained you the way it's that like anything a does
0: light, though for them
1: isn't like it? we've always said yeah, yeah so I'm just going to say, it'll keep your kids occupied like so many kids' movies, but Penguins of Madagascar, for you the adult, is a terrible date. Yeah. Not only that, but I'm going to, you know, I, I know I always say this,
0: get on my soapbox again, nine major characters have speaking roles only one of them is a female yeah that, and she's only a love interest and
1: she's the and she's the little fluttery eyed um vixenish owl, owl yeah, right
0: and she gets like six lines in the whole movie and yeah. it just feels like a if dude fest. on top of it being an awful date it also is a dude fest so i i cannot recommend penguins of madagascar
1: that is that is a good point Kristen. okay we agree
0: Let's talk about Horrible Bosses 2, Ray. For now, as you know, I missed this movie. Yes. And by missed, I mean, I'm, I'm not that sad I missed it. <laughs> I'm
1: sure. <laughs> I, I, I kind of had that feeling. Um, did you see the first one?
0: Yes, yes. Um, what I did, did you see think it, of the first one? Now, when, do, when did that come out? Like a year and a half ago? I uh, mm. think that's right. Yeah, but I remember you and I both were complaining that this was done well and it was called 9 to 5. Exactly. And so, you know... The first one, really, I was underwhelmed by. Really, really underwhelmed by. But this one has a more star-packed cast, which I'm really interested in. You have Christoph Waltz this time. Yes. Chris Pine. Chris Pine. And and then Jamie Foxx is back, right? Jamie Foxx is
1: back. Jennifer Aniston's back. Colin Farrell is not back. Um, And then the three main stars, Jason Bateman, um, Jason Sudeikis, and Charlie Day are back as our three heroes. So they were the the beleaguered employees who each had these horrible bosses in the last movie. Um, All that played itself out. There was kind of a... Attempted, sort of an attempted murder plot in that one, as I recall. Um, and uh, it didn't, every, you know, everything wound up being fine in the end. And now they are trying to run their own business. They've got this invention called the Shower Buddy that they've invented, and they're going to try to sell that to this giant retail mogul played by Christoph Waltz, and his son is played by Chris Pine. Things don't work out. Turns out these guys are dishonest. They burn them out of their money, and their whole business is about to be shut down, and so these guys now decide, we are going to hatch a kidnapping plot. Here's a clip.
0: You no, know, the kidnapping is off, actually. Okay.
1: No, it's totally on. I sent the ransom note to my dad.
0: You what? You did what? Yeah.
1: I was a little insulted. You only asked
0: for $500,000 for me. I mean, is that all I'm worth? Hmm? No sweat. I tacked on another zero. $500 million? Wow, that's yeah. a ton. $5 million. Okay. $5 million. Just $5, Just five, five right, million. Right. No, Now, Rafer, yes. as, as a lot of our listeners know I do all the editing. I pull all the sound. I do all the, you know, things that need to be yes. done behind the scenes for yes. the podcast. I don't do anything. <laughs> you do a lot. You bring your, your stellar talent, your great personality, my all the coffee, information. My coffee and, and my donuts. Pen. When you bring donuts, it's wonderful. But no, I have to say, I was looking and looking and looking for any funny clips of this movie. Uh,
1: <laughs> you couldn't I find spent one.
0: so... <laughs> long.
1: Hmm. So much
0: time was spent on this task and it was miserable and I can't imagine sitting through a whole movie of this because it was just horrible doing the search for any clips of this.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you can kind of see the inherent problem here with this movie which is um, if you're going to make a sequel to a movie called Horrible Bosses, you can't put your three heroes back in a situation where they have horrible bosses again because then you think what's the matter with these losers why do they keep getting these these crappy jobs and crappy bosses they get what they deserve right now the problem seems to be them so where, so where do you go? Where do you go from there? Well, you just invent an entirely new storyline that doesn't have any horrible bosses in it. Now it has nothing to do with the workplace and you know boss-employee dynamics. Did they call
0: it horrible investors?
1: They could call it, They could have called it horrible <laughs> investors. Exactly. That's exactly what they could have done. A, a spinoff. Um, and and so now you've just got this kind of nonsensical plot. And it's one of those movies where they they care so little about what's going on and they care so little about believability that people just walk through a door. Jennifer Aniston will just burst in through a door with no explanation and they'll just start acting out a sitcom because it's a way to pad out the running time and throw a little complications in it and have Jennifer Aniston, who's a brand name, appear in the film. Uh, but there's no... You, know, you just sit there going... How the hell did she find out that they were in that room? What is what is where where'd she come from? It just it just and I maybe I'm sounding like I'm being the nitpicker today, but I mean, you do
0: sound like that today.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's it's that kind of movie where it just things make no sense and it's not funny and here's the other problem. In the original movie, those are three really – those are three good actors, likable people, right? You like Jason Bateman. Oh, I love
0: Jason Bateman. D- and do yeah, you like Jason? Like J- yeah, I think Jason Sudeikis is great. I do yeah. too.
1: And, you know, Charlie Day perhaps less so, but I think he's funny at that kind of antic puppy dog thing he's got going is, you know, works in the film. And in that movie at least they were like three average Joes and they were beleaguered by problems. They weren't the, you know, the the, the sharpest tools in the shed, but you could kind of relate – to them because they were a little bit like you and in this movie they are so stupid they are so dumb and moronic and inept they can't like they literally cannot focus on a simple task and perform it they sound like the penguins of Madagascar exactly (laughs) And and it becomes really exasperating and after a while you kind of think like these guys are just morons like what happened to these guys they weren't like that in the first film and it's not funny it's just the it's the three of them yammering at each other saying dumb things to each other that no person would ever say and i you know horrible bosses was not the greatest date in the first place but i'm telling you horrible bosses 2 is a terrible date oh i'm so
0: glad i didn't go on that you date.
1: are you I are glad i'm never
0: gonna go on that
1: date. I'm, i only wish that you could have gone on that date so that you and i could have bonded over the, <laughs> over the badness of it but yeah horrible bosses 2 really bad date
0: All right, Raper, let's uh, switch gears here for a second and talk about a movie that's an Oscar contender, I would say. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's called The Imitation Game. This is the biopic, the new biopic. There have been other biopics before about Alan Turing. Yes. The codebreaker extraordinaire who Winston Churchill once credited with winning World War II. He worked for the Allies in a top-secret operation trying to break Nazi codes. And then later on in life, He actually was convicted of, I think it was gross indecency, because he's gay. Yes. And they chemically castrated him, and he eventually took his own life. Last year, he was pardoned posthumously. Yes. Um, You know, it only took like 60 years to pardon him, but, you know, (laughs) they did it. And this movie just focuses in on that period when he was hired as a code breaker, when he was breaking codes, and then uh, kind of flash forwards to the period where... He is being found out for being gay. And here's a clip. You need me a lot more than I need you. I I like solving problems, Commander. And Enigma is the most difficult problem in the world. No, Enigma isn't difficult. It's impossible. The Americans, the Russians, the French, the Germans, everyone thinks Enigma is unbreakable. Good. Let me try
1: and we'll know for sure, won't we? And that's Benedict Cumberbatch again. As Alan Turing.
0: Yes, yes. Benedict Cumberbatch, two movies this week, Penguins of Madagascar and The Imitation Game. And I'm just going to say it. I am a Cumberbatch. You I love, love him. I love me some Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. Uh, Kira Knightley, of course, is also in this movie playing yes. Joan Clark, who is also a real codebreaker and one of the only females working in this operation because, you know, women are so dumb. Yeah. We're not going to hire a woman to do this job. <laughs> yes. Women are so stupid. Yes. There's
1: a very good scene at the uh, uh, about halfway through the film where she comes in and uh, uh, she's uh, Taken sort of what you'd call an entrance exam of sorts. Um, they place an ad for a crossword uh, in the in the Daily Telegraph in London and ask people to come to this place and see if they can solve it in a uh, make eight minutes, which is seemingly impossible. And uh, she tries to get in there and and be one of the test takers. And the guy keeps saying with the clipboard, keeps saying the secretaries are downstairs. The secretaries <laughs> are downstairs, ma'am. Uh, it's a nice scene. And uh, yeah. It, Kieran Knightley, I think, is pretty good in this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah?
0: I agree. Yeah. And I love that uh, scene that you just laid out for us because it's very uh, enjoyable. It's very pat. It's very neat. It's very tidy. It is. Much like this whole movie. Yes. For example, another scene that we've seen a million times in this kind of movie, much like the King's Speech or any of these other wonderful Oscar contender kinds of movies that make you feel good because they're about one man, but they're also about the war or something big like that. Yes. But another scene that's great is, Turing, you're a loose cannon. You're out of (laughs) here. And then somebody steps in and says, if Turing goes... I go too. That's and then right. somebody stands behind him and puts his hand on the shoulder and says, "And so do
1: I." That's right. That's <laughs> these right. These kinds
0: of scenes are everywhere in this movie. You know every scene in this movie. I don't yes, even have do. to tell you, yes, you do. what scenes they are. You know what these scenes are.
1: Yes, it does it does play out very neatly. Um I will say I think because I know a little bit about touring just because I'm kind of like a like a code Buff, I, mm. and I'm. You I,
0: are a crossword puzzle maker, by the way. I'm not sure if listeners know this. You even wrote a crossword puzzle that was in Newsday.
1: That's right. I forgot to. I should have announced that uh, uh, a while back. I had my first ever crossword puzzle published in Newsday. It's been a lifelong dream of mine, and I finally got it done. and uh, And it was a Thursday level crossword. So
0: hardcore.
1: Not bad for a first timer, right?
0: You're so amazing, Rafer. Yeah, right on. Well, Great there work. you go.
1: There you go. Uh, so yeah, so I do have a little bit of that. You know, uh, my brain kind of works that way. Although I. Should also say that like i can 't really break any kind of code except for the kind that you see in the newspaper the little the real, the real simple <laughs> sim- quip. yeah the crypto quip. that 's all I can do that 's all I can do, but I do love the whole idea of cryptography, and it fascinates me um, and so you know like uh, they I think they lay a little bit too much at turing 's feet in this movie like i 've never seen any evidence that he was the one who invented the idea of the crossword as a as a a test of other people 's ability to break codes and be part of the Bletchley Park code breaking ensemble. I don't I'd never read that that was his thing. Um, And they they lay a lot of other developments in the spy world in uh, in MI6, which people didn't even know existed back then, (laughs) things like that. I feel like they give him a little too much credit. The main thing they're trying to give him credit for is basically a giant code breaking machine that was the essentially the the. The birth, or kind of the midwife, to the modern computer. Mm-hmm. I think the film does a pretty good job of that. Um, yeah, and
0: it's a—it's quite a machine. It takes up like half a room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, <laughs> it's got of tons course. Tons of knobs. It's like levers and pulleys and knobs and you know, lots of metal wires and everything.
1: Right, and it looks exactly like the pictures that I have seen of that giant touring machine. I think Benedict Cumberbatch. Is really good in this movie. He
0: is, and he's playing a difficult personality. Yes, he is. I don't. I, I don't even know how to describe him. Difficult personality is putting out lightly. He, he's a little he's on condescending. The, yeah, he, put, he puts down people. He has no social skills. Some people might say he's on the spectrum.
1: I was gonna say if 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 he were around today, you would probably you know do a pop diagnosis of being autistic slash Asperger's somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, he's he's not comfortable with people. Can't make eye contact very well. Doesn't know how to take or give a compliment (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I do think that Benedict Cumberbatch is really good I think he makes you root for this character and feel for him Um, and, and you become you become endeared to him you know, he, he's he's a nerd is what he really is. He you is, know? and he's
0: doing that thing that you want to stand up and cheer for. He, yes. He makes you feel proud that you're not somebody who wants to kill gay people. He makes you right. happy that you hate Nazis. He makes you <laughs> – right. you're, you're on his team from the get-go. These and are rather not, easy
1: things to <laughs> <do>. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> and that's the low my, bar you're talking about, That's my point, Kristen. though, but that's one of the reasons why I think this is going to be an Oscar frontrunner because I people think love right. to be able to cheer for things where they know there's a definite good guy and a bad guy. I think you're right. And – They do it masterfully in this movie. The music tells you how to feel. The costumes are great. The acting's terrific. And everything is so tidy. But, I mean, and and I'm making that sound like an insult.
1: But you bought it. You liked it. But
0: I totally enjoyed it. I said, I am along for this ride, and I'm just going to have So much fun with every place that this ride is going to take me, even though I can see where the ride's going to go next. I'm fine with that. I love this ride. So the Imitation
1: Game, good, great
0: date? I'd say it's a very good date. Imitation Game, one of my favorite movies of the year, actually. Really? Yes. And Rafer, Uh, that look in your eyes says you don't think so.
1: I'm just – it's definitely not one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, It will not be on my top ten. But I think it is a really good film. I think it's very well done. Benedict Cumberbatch is great, and it's an interesting story um, that I think most people probably don't know. And um, yeah, so I would say a, I would say a, definitely a good date. Whether I'd say it's you know the best movie of the year, one of my favorites of the year, I don't know. And also clearly, you know he's got he's got to be in the running for an oh, Oscar.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, stay with us because coming up. We have some listener mail, some of it good, some of it not so good. We also have this week's sweatpants picks for all of you out there who prefer not to leave the house if you want to watch something on DVD or Netflix or good old-fashioned television. And, as always, there's trivia.
1: I'm Rafer Guzman.
0: And I'm Kristen Meinzer.
1: And this is Movie Date.
0: And Rafer, we have some listener mail that came in this week on facebook.com slash Podcast, and on moviedatepodcast.org. You can always write to us on either of those sites if you'd like. And, of course, we also like to get phone calls at 5717movies. Um, Rafer, let's start off with... uh, one of the letters that came in about the Hunger
1: Games, our review last week. This letter comes from Robin. She says My husband and I have seen all three Hunger Games movies on opening weekend with our teenage daughter. Our daughter read all three books, but my husband and I only read the first, so the second and third movie were new ground for us. When I heard your review of the third movie, I was dreading a boring time at the theater, but I have to tell you, I was quite pleasantly surprised. I thought that the story's focus on how you motivate people to give their lives for a political cause was pretty interesting actually more interesting than the themes of the previous two movies. So I had to disagree with you and say it was a pretty good date.
0: Interesting, Robin. Very wow. interesting. Wow. Robin, I'm really surprised because, you know, Rafer and I were saying that it seemed very procedural. Yes. <laughs> it <It's>,
1: seemed... <laughs> I found it really boring. I think yeah. that's interesting, though. You know, uh, Manola Dargis uh, of the Times, the New York Times, one of my favorite critics, Uh, Loved it and gave it a glowing review and said uh, everything—she basically seemed to have been seeing the opposite film. She thought it was a a fast-moving, well-streamlined, smart, funny, interesting film. I thought all of the opposite on every count, Mm -hmm. but— there you go.
0: So do you think Robin is actually Manola Dargis in disguise? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so in, 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 in internet disguise. Well, I mean, the film is doing well, but I will tell you, not as well as the first two. But it
0: is the top opener of the year.
1: Yes, that's right. That's and right it is. I have
0: to say hats off to the ladies because, as I always say, we need to have more women on film and the studios frequently say, oh, you don't bring in the money, but... We clearly do.
1: You clearly do. Ladies
0: bring in the money. Look at that.
1: Look, I'm with you. All right. Robin, <laughs> thanks for writing in.
0: All right. We have a letter also from, this is a fun name, Busker Fresh Roasted Coffee Incorporated. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so Busker says, hi, guys. I just listened to your podcast for the first time. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening for the first time. We appreciate it. Don't stop now. I have one positive comment followed by one negative comment. Uh, I flippin' love your podcast, and I plan to listen to every episode and buy whatever sponsor you have. Yay. Why don't you be our sponsor?
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what you intended.
0: (laughs) Compliment. I love your positivity. Even with a crappy movie, you find something nice to say. As a former film student at the great UC Santa Cruz, I can't tell you how much negativity I went through in regards to movies. Now, the complaint. You said that Dumb and Dumber, the original, was full of poop and fart jokes. Correction. There is actually only one scene in which poop and fart jokes are represented. X-lax in the drinks before a hot date. Classic. All right. Rafer, what do you, what do you have to say to that? Because you've actually seen the first Dumb and Dumber. I didn't see the first Dumb and Dumber.
1: Yes. Uh, I, Gurdou, uh, once again, thanks for writing in. Also, go banana slugs. <laughs> UC Santa Cruz my little sister is a Santa Cruz uh, alum. Nice. Uh so I'm going to I I stand corrected, but I'm also going to correct your correction. Here's why. You are right. You are right. It is the film is not filled with poop and fart jokes. That is that is that is not quite accurate. There is another Fart joke in that movie, though it's the scene where Jim Carrey has his uh, ski lodge fantasy, where he imagines himself in a Christmas sweater, sitting around a fireplace with a group of wealthy skier types, and of course he pulls out the old lighter and and cuts one and does a big you know pyrotechnic example, and everyone thinks it's just brilliant. That's actually a, a fairly funny scene. Hmm. So it's possible that when I was describing the gross out humor in Dumb and Dumber. Uh, I was folding in things like the dog barf scene, which is a different bodily excretion that does not actually count as poop. But I do think that the film still stands as a raunchy comedy. But you're right. Not filled with poop and fart jokes.
0: Just vomit.
1: Just. <laughs> <laughs> there is also additional vomit. But, but Boosker Du, your point is well taken. Thanks for writing in. And if you want to be our sponsor, give us a ring.
0: <laughs> All right. It's that special time, and what better time than Black Friday to put on some sweatpants?
1: You're wearing sweatpants.
0: It's Monday. Never mind the Queen of England. I
1: don't know. Does the Queen of England only wear
0: sweatpants? When you're a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. All right, Rafer. So this upcoming week, there are a lot of things we can watch online and on the television, on the computer. Let's start off with probably the most talked about one. Last year... NBC got 19 million viewers for Sound of Music Live. They said, we're going to do it again this year. That's right, with Carrie Underwood, right? Last year it was Carrie Underwood. This year, Allison Williams. And it's going to be Peter Pan Live this year.
1: Oh, boy.
0: And A-lister Christopher Walken
1: is going to play Captain Hook. Now that sounds interesting. Just think lovely, wonderful thoughts, and up you'll go. swine
0: in the world a hook for every boy and a boy on every hook and Rafer and I are going to be live tweeting this as it happens on December 4th NBC and now, Rafer, why do you think it got nineteen million viewers last year, and do you think it 's going to get more this year?
1: I have no idea. I have no idea why that got why that got nineteen million viewers. Because what do you what do you think it is? I
0: think it's because people were hate watching. People were hate oh, watching, people think, were right. hate tweeting. And I think people want there to be a disaster because how often do you see a live event in real time? And we're not talking a football game, we're talking something that's completely scripted. Including all the lighting, everything, everything. You know, walls are moving, furniture is being placed here and then being taken away.
1: But that happens every night in many venues in Broadway. (laughs) Yes. It It happens. It happens constantly. But But what you're saying is, there's only a
0: few hundred people who are going to see it on Broadway. There are millions and millions and millions who are going to see it when it's live on NBC. You know, it used to be back in the day, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, it was very common to do a full musical live on television. And right, you and I are both too young to remember the Mary Martin. Uh, oh, and Sandy, and
1: Sandy Duncan. And Sandy Duncan. Sure. I'm
0: too young for either of those, and you are, too. Yes, I am, too, yeah. Yeah, so neither of us were, like, alive when those were, like, live productions on TV. And, right, 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 right. You know, only in the last year or so have we seen that again, so...
1: And do you think that they've cast Allison Williams, a, a, a relative unknown, uh, a, again, for the same kind of, like, maybe this will be a disaster kind of factor, rather than casting, you know, a, just a total professional of some kind?
0: Did you know that Allison Williams' dad is Brian Williams of NBC News. Gosh, no. Is that
1: true, (laughs) question? You don't say. (laughs) Although that is the kind of factual tidbit that I would be completely ignorant of, but I actually did happen to know that. Why was it that people got so mad about that?
0: I, I think some people are like, oh, it's nepotism in Hollywood. It's like, Duh. Right. All of no, Hollywood is nepotism. No, there kidding. is no non nepotism. <laughs> Even people you think are like coming out of nowhere, that fresh faced ingenue. My it, mom
1: is Meryl Streep. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah, all that. Yeah, the sure, of yeah, course. All that. Yes. So Duncan Jones, <laughs> Yes. So, the filmmaker. My dad is David <laughs> Bowie. <laughs> Yeah. Well. Right. Sure. I, that just did not strike me as any kind of great outrage when that whole thing blew up. And 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 wasn't it also that he announced the news that he announced the news of her casting? Oh, did he? I th- something like that. But everyone got all all ticked off about it. I couldn't I couldn't understand that. Anyway, I do think the whole thing will be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, and they're going to have new songs in this too.
1: So ah, kind of
0: trying to change it up a bit and. The one thing I think most of us are going to be looking forward to most, though, other than potential disaster, like what if she flies into a wall or something like that playing Peter Pan. <laughs> but Christopher Walken is an outstanding
1: dancer. Oh, Christopher Walken's a, oh, uh, a triple threat, that yes. guy. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, so to see him being comedic and villainous, singing and dancing, oh, yeah. I, I think he's going to be wonderful in this. Sure. All right. So, one other sweatpants pick, also involving music. You know, American Masters, PBS, they're going to be broadcasting this new Bing Crosby special, which, you know, it's that time of year when Bing Crosby's everywhere. And I, I love me some Christmas music, as you know. Oh, yes. And including this iconic moment in his life. And they told me.
1: A newborn king to see, pa rum pa bum bum.
0: Our finest gifts we bring, pa rum bum bum, rum pa bum bum, rum pa bum bum. Oh, David Bowie!
1: <laughs> David. Oh, look, it's David Bowie! <laughs> Ding dong! <laughs>
0: I'm going to be watching that. I I, I love Bing Crosby and uh, David Bowie together. I I think Bing Crosby's a fascinating character. We were just talking about him last week, actually. Yeah, that's
1: right. Uh, well, and this is going to be more than just about the Christmas special. This is going to be sort of revisiting the Bing Crosby legacy overall, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's available on DVD on December 2nd and... It's going to be on American Masters also on December 2nd at 8 p.m. Right. It's going to be rebroadcast uh, many times throughout the holiday season, but we're really excited about that.
1: Universal uh, is making a uh, is putting out a, a giant, it's like a 30 or 31 film uh, Bing Crosby uh, DVD box set. It's got really almost anything you could possibly want. Uh, it's got four of the road movies. Oddly enough, it doesn't have Road to Rio, which is my favorite, and I couldn't figure out why they left that one out. But it's got four of the road movies. It's got his um, version of... Of Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Ooh. Court, which I think is the best. I would prefer that one to the Danny Kaye version. Um, but that's actually like a pretty good box set, and it uh, and they're packaging that American Masters one in with that as well. But I think the I think the American Masters thing will be interesting to see because I feel most people think that Bing Crosby is a square when actually at the time he was super hip. And he, he was, was a ladies' man. Total ladies' oh man. Oh my
0: gosh, all the ladies. You know, Grace Kelly was with him for ages and yep, all all the right. other pretty Hollywood starlets were with him. There's <laughs> a
1: movie in the, in the Crosby collection where he plays a professor who seduces a co-ed. Uh, but that's, that's a good thing back then. <laughs> no one was upset about that. <laughs> Everyone went, oh,
0: He's so hip. Look at him and his turtleneck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so those are our sweatpants picks for the week. And now we've reached that moment in the show, that very special moment. As we always do, we end on trivia. So, last week, we asked folks out there to name this movie. This is a Thanksgiving movie, Family Get Together. Uh, some people consider this movie a classic. Some people say it's Just another bunch of stereotypical family members getting together and bickering. Here's the clip.
1: Henry, Henry, give me your answer, do. I'm half crazy, (laughs) all for the love of you. It won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage You'll look sweet Upon the seat of a
0: bicycle Nice work. Yeah, nice work, guys. As usual, I'll go. Calm her down. No, 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 I'll go. I said I would. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'll go. It's my wife. No, Jesus
1: Christ, I'll go. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I just acted like I was too.
0: We got a ton of calls this week. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons of them, but every week, as you know, we can only select randomly one right answer, here it is.
1: Hi, this is Margot Cosell from Montvale, New Jersey. I was calling with the answer to this week's trivia question. Holly Hunter's voice is unmistakable, so I could venture a guess that it is home for the holidays. That's my answer. Love your show. Bye. All right, Margo.
0: Great job, Margo. Thank you so much for calling. We love our New Jersey listeners.
1: I know. We've got a lot of New Jersey listeners. Why is that?
0: I have no idea. Just, I don't know, Jersey's full of movie lovers? New
1: Jersey and Texas.
0: And Texas. Yeah. Yeah. We're huge in New Jersey and Texas. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but not big in Japan. No. Um,
0: although we have that one Japanese listener. That's right. We do. That's right.
1: We got an ambassador over there for us. All right. So this week, uh, because we were talking about the Imitation Game, which was set in World War II and was all about breaking the Enigma machine, which was the German machine that they invented that made an impossible code that was seemingly impossible to break, we decided to try to stump you with another movie set in World War II about the Enigma machine only this time, the Allied forces are going to go try to steal one. Here's the clip. There's no way the two-knot submarine can unify into position against a 30-knot destroyer. Unless we go deep. At 160 meters, we can shoot out a bunch of junk from the forward tubes. It will reach the surface and create a debris field. Now, the destroyer's going to go to the center of that debris field, shut off its engines to make it real nice and quiet, and do an acoustic search to make sure we're dead. Or Or not. You see, we're here, on our way, up to Periscope, Death. You know that voice. Give us a call. 5717 MOVIES.
0: You can also message us at facebook.com slash podcast. I pray my wish will come true. I for
1: my child and your child too. You'll sing the my pain.